Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we've got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome to Ditch the the Script. (laughs) Hey. Oh. (laughs) Hi. Hi. Um. Hi, how are you? Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. Me too. I missed you so much. I missed you so much. So just to recap anyone who's listening right now, if you didn't, follow our social medias um last week we did not have a new episode of married at first sight so alex and i regrouped and we were like honestly let's just take the week to like work out life stuff because spoiler alert life is happening it is happening i'm adulting real (laughs) hard. hard um Really hard. So, um, my so for those of you who hang out with me on social media, you might already know this, but I used to be an events manager, and I make the joke all the time, like because obviously part of events managing is a lot of weddings, mm-hmm. and I used to like analyze the couples I would plan wedding weddings for and all of that. Um, well, obviously COVID happened. I got furloughed. I started my business, and now here we are, two years later, and they were like, "Hey, we want you back." So. They're respecting all of my business boundaries. I started working again for them. I also love our team. Like, I cannot express how much I love and adore the people I work with. Like, they're good people. We're all just a bunch of hippies that plan events. (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. Um, And so they're very respectful of my business. They follow me. They support Mm, me. That's really nice. And, you know, yeah, so I can do both. And so this week we have like a very fancy VVIP event going on. And last night I was at work late. So I walk out to leave and discover that my car window was smashed in and my car was broken into. Um, And it was a whirlwind of feelings. Um, If I'm being honest, I did tear up for a second because it just feels so vulnerable and like, it's like someone was in my space in like a violent way. It just feels icky. Yeah. Um, of course. And and then on the other side of that, I was like, you know, this is okay. Like things could be worse. Like nothing was taken. Um, they did use a giant wrench to bust my window, which was found on my driver's hey, seat floor. Hey, you have a new wrench. Um, but <laughs> I do. At first, I was like, nobody touch it. I need a plastic <laughs> bag. Let's get. I need to collect. I need to collect this evidence. <laughs> I need to go dust this for fingerprints. Um, That's really but funny. yeah, you know, like what I thought was really cool because, like, I, full transparency, this same car window was broken into just over two years ago as well. So I kind of laughed and I was like, okay, <laughs> mm, Palm Springs, do <laughs> this better. just happens. I know, um, but you know that experience like just being able to witness like the difference of like when it happened the first time to like where and who I am today and like the growth I've had was also really cool so you know it's like because those are really uncomfortable moments but if we can handle them well I think it's just a testament to our own emotional maturity and like our perspective on life I think you handled it it was kind of cool to be tested I think you handled it like a fucking champ 
And I and I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like my my typical gut reaction to uh, an experience like that is, I get really upset because I almost have this tendency to personify like my belongings. Um, so you were mentioning sort of, it was oh, like, yeah. it feels very violating cause it's like your space, your stuff. And for me that feels yeah. like, oh my God, you hurt my, my pet. And it's like, it's a car. So I usually go through a process where yeah. I, I like <laughs> at first emotionally react cause I'm like, you hurt my thing. And then I take space and I'm like, that's right. It's just a thing. Well, we were here right. talking about um, when my mom got in the car accident in my like brand new car. Yeah. And, and I had that, I, I forgot that yeah. that was an experience I sort of went through. I was like, oh my God, my thing. And then I was like, right, it's a thing. Like this sucks. Yeah. This creates a lot of paperwork, a lot of responsibilities. Also, it's just sort of like, oh my God, on top of the added responsibilities of whatever else you may have going on, it just life. feels like oh, why you got to kick a girl when she's down? But you're you're crushing it. You're really handling it like an absolute mature champ. I was so thankful that like, so my, so my friend in the department, like department of engineering, he he brought the shop back up and like gave it a very thorough vacuuming, like of all the glass, because there was just glass everywhere. Um, And the whole time, all I could say was like, I'm thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like I have, I was just so humbled by the fact that like everyone rallied together and met me in the parking lot and they were like, we're here, Mm. you know? Um, yeah, I felt a lot of love and now, you know, there's a garbage bag. And the good news is because this happened to me in 2019, um, my contact who fixed my window, we're buds. So like, I'm, I already called them. And I'm using the term buds very loosely (laughs) there, you know, buds as in we're familiar with each other. Um, And yeah, so uh, there is my point is, is like, we're moving forward. Like this doesn't need to like throw a wrench. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah, that's a. (laughs) Into my life. Listen, if I said it. (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah, if I said it'd be too soon, but you said it, not me. Um, That that makes me think about when I I called the, the woman that sold me my first car. I was like, Shan. Shan girl, you won't you won't believe what just happened. I need another. (laughs) Um, so listen, if there's anything that's positive is one, you got a new wrench, two, you've got a friend that does windows, you gotta connect. Three, you've got like the people around you. I got hugs. Yeah, you got hugs. (laughs) What a a weird and roundabout way to get physical affection. oh my god um okay Um, yeah (laughs) so that's what we mean when we say yeah exactly that's what we mean when we say life is happening you know when sometimes you're like in your bag you're in your lane and you're like wow I'm like me and life we're like this I got this and then you have a moment or a day or a week or a month where life comes through and it's like bitch you forgot that I am all powerful. You forgot. And I'm here to remind you that I am like the ocean, strong yeah. and vengeful. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful for a time. And also extremely detrimental if given the right stimulus. Woo. Clearly. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we're okay. So it's, it's all good. We're so okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I'm in such a great mood today. I think because (laughs) of having that where it's like, you know, like me, I don't know. I'm just really proud of myself. Yeah. As you should be. As you should be. Because it's like, I could totally have been a hot mess last night. And I'm like, all good. It's okay. We're going to figure it out. Let me tell you. Is it annoying and frustrating? Yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. You, you have full permission to be a hot mess. And the fact that you aren't, you're like, okay, go off. Yeah. You're doing okay. Yeah. I'm a hot mess in other areas. Like for this VV VIP event we have this weekend, I'm kind of like, all right, all hands on deck. Let's go. Well, that's the other thing. So you do events work in Palm Springs, which right now is about to be, first of all, we're gearing up for Coachella. Yeah, you're, so you're, yeah, you've got Coachella, two weekends, two different weekends of Coachella and events that have something to do with the people who are in town for that. And you're embarking on like the deep thickness of wedding season. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's a lot, but we're, we're doing it. And like I said, I love my team. And so it's just like, we go in and we kick ass and we high five and we celebrate together. Mm. So we're, it's a vibe. Sounds dreamy. It's a vibe. Cool. Well, yeah. Shall we? We so shall. Cool. Married at first sight. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Who had us on our toes. toes. Last week I was like, I'm getting ready to watch this show. Turn it on and it's a couple of. No, you're not. Yeah, exactly. A couple of <laughs> dinglings talking about their thoughts. And I'm like, Ugh, don't they listen to the podcast? We've already been over all this. Like, we've yeah. been talking about it. Yeah. Um, and so. That's so two weeks ago. Yeah, I was like, girl, catch up. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, uh, we were waiting for two weeks for updates following Katina and Olajuwon's, um, like big blowout fight in front of Dating everyone. App fiasco. Yeah, exactly. Um, bro. Yes. We're going to get into it, but what we're going to start with is Mike and Jasmina because we're trying to start on a high note and our high note, my high note. All right. All right. Is this couple. I know. I'm really proud of them. Yeah. There are a lot of things about what they, uh, what we saw in this episode from them that was just green flag, green flag, green flag, green flag. They're busting with greens. Yes. What did you think? Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Um, You know, I'm really proud of Jasmina um, for like, continuing to give him the benefit of the doubt and like just to for lack of a better way to put it to just like be in this relationship Mm -hmm. you know because like I felt for a while because of her mindset around what she had heard from his sisters and like you know he he can focus on the negative sometimes she was so blinded by that for such a long time that I think it took her a while for her to see Mike like see the man that's in front Mm. of her and like all the other good aspects of him So I'm really proud of her for hanging in there because now she is starting to, like, get the full Michael experience. Right. Um, And he's a really good dude. Like, he's a great dude. He's such Um, a good person to, like, have on your team. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, thank you for setting this part up because that was so proven in him teaching her how to drive in this episode. Like... 
not many couples can do that without fighting because it feels like, you know, you take it personally if they're telling you to do something differently or like what you need to watch out for. And they avoided that. There was a lot of laughs. There was a lot of joking to like, you know, get through maybe some of the more dangerous nerve wracking aspects of trying to teach someone how to drive. Um, but it was really sweet to watch them bond in that way. 100%. It was awesome. I thought that that was actually so cool. First of all, it started off on a high note for me because he was so adorable and like pulling out these flash court cards that I he know. like prepared yeah. and started quizzing her on. And there's like, they're, they're being playful. They're like bantering, but they're also like sort of taking it seriously. Like I like, I like when he switched from, he was like, what do you do if someone cuts you off? And she's like flipping the bird and he's like, my girl, but also no, yeah. that's not what we do. <laughs> and like, I thought that that was cute. I, 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 I love that he just sort of like, now granted, I think that there are some people that probably would have been like, listen, I'm not interested in doing any of this unless I tell you I want support with it, which I would have understanded. Um, but Jasmina right. specifically speaks for herself when she's like, I would have never been the one to initiate this because I'm really afraid of doing this. And it's not actually something I totally want to do. So the fact that he went out of his way to initiate this with me was great because I wasn't going to. You got to know your partner right. to know if yeah. that's like a green light moment. Right. Totally. Because like, I mean, in another relationship, maybe with another person, excuse me, that would have been like way more of a, um, it could have come across like a slap in the face to someone who felt like you're trying to push me to do this and I don't want to do right. this. Right. Um, like kind of controlling and, um, but that wasn't the case for them. And I was just really happy. I loved his demeanor. He was so calm the entire time. I was like, this guy would make, he's the kind of person who would be a great, like emergency worker, mm. like an EMT or something mm -hmm. like that. Cause he's just so calm. Um, and yeah, and she was in such a good space that entire time. And she even says like, you know, it was kind of cute that Mike was nervous, but like I wasn't nervous. Um, and I felt that that was a testament. And I think this was subconscious for her, but that to me almost um, shows how much she actually does trust him and feel comfortable with him. I just don't think it's conscious because it's like, we've all been in a car with someone who we don't necessarily feel safe with yep. and that angst will be there. Mm -hmm. But when you are in a car with someone that you feel safe with, like the vibe is we're good. And so I, I don't think she necessarily realizes it yet, but to me, that's how I interpreted that statement. I, she was like, I wasn't really nervous. I had the exact same like curiosity. I, you know, we hear her saying like, yeah. I'm not nervous. It's kind of funny to see Mike nervous and it's making me feel not nervous. And I like doing this with him and whatever. And like, she's not seeing what I think that you and I both saw, which is that like, you're not nervous because doing yeah. this with Mike like disarms you. And that feels good. Like yeah. doing this with this person, you know, when you're like, she feels, yeah, safe. she feels safe. But like when you're doing what sounds like would be like really challenging or uncomfortable, uh, exercises or routines or tasks with a person that is just like making you feel like, don't worry, dude, like we got this, we got this. It doesn't have to be that scary. Yeah. It all of a sudden turns this thing that would be really um, laborious, actually fun. And that's what they were doing. Like they were having fun. And I, I, there was a part of me that was like, Ooh, I wish she gave, sort of gave him that credit to be like, I had a good time because I enjoyed doing this with Mike. 
Right. But she didn't do that. Yeah. She's like, it's funny because he's nervous. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which now, like, to move forward in the episode with them. So they have this amazing time, you know, with the car thing and Mike teaching her how to um, drive. And then we see them each talk to Mike goes and talks to his sister, whom we've seen a few times uh, throughout this series. Mm -hmm. And Jasmina chats with her mom and she brings up like, you know, we're in a good place. There's no tension. Um, But Jasmina feels she should be farther along in her feelings for him than she is right now. And I just want to holler back to our first episode of Married at First Sight. Mm -hmm where my concern with Jasmina from the beginning has been, is she going to understand that a slow burn without the, like, I'm obsessed with you. I want to jump your bones is actually a good thing Mm. because what I'm seeing in this episode is I don't think she consciously acknowledges the feelings she does have for Mike because they don't feel the same, but clearly there's something there because this guy just made her feel super safe. Right. And the week before for their one month anniversary, he like rolled out the red carpet for her and like loved on her in a way that she really appreciated. So I'm just curious, um, to see what goes on with her over the next couple of weeks, because I think she does has feel has feelings have, Oh my goodness. You got it. (laughs) I believe Jasmina, (laughs) we're going to get there. Are you going to hold my hand? Virtually. I believe Jasmina does have, (laughs) yeah. I have feelings for Mike. I really do. Um, I just think she isn't cognizant of how her feelings feel for Mike versus other men she's been Yeah, with. that's a really good point. And I'm curious too because there's a part of me that says absolutely that's what's happening. She's unfamiliar with this feeling. She's She's not putting any emphasis on the fact that like She's in a relationship with a brand new person in a marriage with a brand new person that she is in all other ways totally progressing with in the commitment department and like healthy relationship department. Like they've made a lot of progress in actually about a week and a half. Totally. Like they've made a lot of progress. They have not been getting caught in their same um, communication barriers he has listened to the things that she needs more of. We've seen her open up a little bit more. And they're not even, yep. like, just participating in humor for the sake of easing tension. Like, they're fully leaning into the most comfortable parts of their dynamic, which is incredible to see. But yeah. I then there's this other part of me that's like, is this similar to the experience of, like, let's say you meet someone on a dating app and you start seeing them in a dating context and you're trying to feel them out and you are able to recognize all of the ways in which they, they're a great person and you really like like the time that you've spent with them, but you just like can't feel a romantic or sexual connection in your loins. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that is at play here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to listen for that when she says... I don't have a romantic feeling. Like, I don't think that I'm interested in him because I want to, I want to believe that she is in touch with her own radar on something like that. And I'm trying to relate to it though. A part of me is just like, Oh my God, he's such a good dude. Like you can make this work. Like love can develop. But I also know what it feels like to have been on the receiving end of people being like, yeah, but can't your attraction develop? And I'm like, I just don't want to boink him. Sorry. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm a full believer that love and attraction can, can evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I see it in couples all the time. And like, even I troll Reddit so much. I'm like fascinated by listening to people's relationship stories, but even people who've been married successfully for like 30 plus years, they're like, yeah, we, we were friends first. And then it just became like, oh my God, I really adore this person. Even though at first I was like, I wouldn't swipe right on you on a dating app. Like you're not my type. And so, you know, I am really interested to see what's going on um, with that because I really believe that they're, they could be amazing. Like they're great. And it's just, it's just a bummer that um, I think she's getting in her own way. uh, What do you, what do you feel like? If I remember. Oh, carry on. Tell me. No, I was just going to say, I feel like the first time they met, she said he was cute. Like, I feel like she was attracted Mm -hmm. to him on the wedding day. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think she's just gotten in her head about like, you know, this dynamic of like what she thinks a marriage or a relationship should be and what it actually is. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think we saw that a lot in this relationship. Yeah. If there's like one theme or relationship, sorry, this episode, I feel like if there's one common thread in I mean, Katina and Langevin are a separate topic, but amongst the other couples, I think there, and I talk about this on my social media all the time, I think there is a misunderstanding of what long-term relationships are and feel like, mm. um, because I feel like there, and we'll get into it with other couples, but I truly feel that this myth of like, if it's your person, it'll be easy. Um, you know, relationships shouldn't have to take work. And it's like the sad reality and what, I don't know if I want to label it a sad reality. The reality is, is that all of us are broken in some way, shape or form. Mm. And so when you put two broken people in close proximity for a long time, something's got to give, like there needs to be some kind of growth. And so, so I just feel that on both ends, by the way, not just one person. So I just feel that we're kind of seeing this kind of come up in these relationships where they're like, ooh, I didn't think I'd have to have these hard conversations. Ooh, you know, this isn't going to look my way or the highway. So like, what am I willing to compromise on? What am I willing to tolerate? What am I not willing to tolerate mm-hmm. in a marriage? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah. I have a question. I want your um, we will see. your advice on something. So while we see Jasmina and Michael for as far as the information that we have available to us, they are a really good couple that has a lot of promise ahead of them as far as like a committed, healthy relationship. But where they're struggling right now is they haven't really built on any physical intimacy. Um, And you can sort of add in there some like, emotional intimacy wrap within the context of physical intimacy. So what would you recommend for couples who want to build on that intimacy? Mm-hmm. Um, I think first of all, before I answer this question, I want to say what matters when it comes to progressing physical intimacy Um, I mean, intimacy of any kind, safety is first and foremost priority. Like you need to feel safe. Um, So, you know, and I would say 
talking about it. <laughs> like, that's the other thing is so many people hate talking about sex. I used to be one of them. Um, but it is a necessary thing to do because sex, it's like ice cream flavors, right? Like there are so many different flavors. There's toppings, there's syrups, there's cone, there's a cup, like there's all these different options to you, but your partner's not going to know what ice cream you prefer Mm. with what toppings and what setting if you don't tell them. Mm -hmm. And so I think personally, like a way of starting to develop physical intimacy is like starting small starting slow like obviously like and i understand with hookup culture some people just want to like jump into the bedroom and if you're comfortable doing that power to you but when it comes to these dynamics where you're trying to establish long-term love and someone may not be ready you know or you're at different varying levels it's having that conversation of like okay well what does feel available to you right now is that cuddling is that holding hands is that maybe you know we're taking it another layer maybe it's handsies maybe it's oral and like not full-on penetration yet like there's so many other layers where we can start it doesn't need to be a home run the first go around, right. but you need to have that conversation. And the other aspect of that conversation that needs to happen is, um, you know, what would make you feel more comfortable? You know, like what, how do you like to develop intimacy? How has that happened in your past relationships? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I think a lot of women, um, and this can, you know, I hate, this is like such a gender norm, but there are people, let's just say, who need to have an emotional connection before they can fully get there physically. Yeah. And so I think that's what's going on with Jasmina here yeah. is like she's looking to have these kind of feelings and sensations before she does that with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike needs to know what she needs to get there. Yeah. And that's the missing piece right, right now. Right. Yeah. So talking about it exploring maybe where people's like starting small yeah Yeah. starting small where where are their barriers what feels on if if you don't want to get too far into like the negatives um what like you said what's on the table like it's really nice when you like come up from behind me and like grab my waist and you hug me while I'm like in the kitchen like small things yeah and it's like have first of all having that conversation can sort of like light a fire like all of a sudden you're like oh my god yeah your brain is like ticking gears are turning and sometimes you might have to be like whoa 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 okay let's pump the brakes and then just the thought of right just the thought of it so then like if that's what talking about it can do um then imagine what taking some of those small steps can do so yeah i i I like that talking and and building slowly building with small actions Cool. Okay. So, um, we see them just absolutely continue to deepen their connection, their relationship. It's so wonderful to see. Have anything else on them? I do have one thing I want to bring up. Um, I've seen Jasmina do this a couple times, but towards the end of the episode, we see her after Mike cooks for her, which by the way, that looked bomb, what he made. Um, she says, you know, if we can keep this up, well, we're going to be in a good place, like kind of alluding like by decision day, then we'll be good. And I, that made me cringe a little because I feel that that puts a lot of pressure on both of them. And I think if I could announce one thing from shout it from the rooftops of the planet and have this message land with every human being, 
conflict is neutral. Yeah. <laughs> it's how you handle it that matters. Mm -hmm. And so because I feel that Jasmina interprets conflict as, oh, no, this isn't working. Mm. And it's not that conflict means your relationship's not working. It's what is the fallout of the conflict that matters. Right. Um, because when she says, you know, if we can keep this up, I hear that. And this might be an Alexism. I will own this. But if someone were to say that to me, I interpret that. And I feel like it's a little bit of like a, I don't know if threat's the right word, but like, if we get into a tough spot again, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And it's like, but the reality is, is if you're with someone for 40 years, life is going to get hard. Yeah. There are going to be tough seasons. Right. So what do you do in those moments if that's your mindset? Yeah, it's moving the goalposts. And that's it. Right? Like, she's like moving yeah, the goalposts where it's like, like, okay, great. We could get through these conversations. Wonderful. But like we got to keep it up till decision day. And then what happens after decision day? Like, does, does everyone yeah. get to relax? Likely not. Like, I think I understand where she's coming from. Like, I think that a lot of, a Agreed. lot of women are mm -hmm. socialized to say like, you got to keep, you got to keep chasing me. You got to keep trying to date me. And there's a part of me that fully believes some of that sentiment, which is like, we should be trying to date each right. other. But trying to date each other doesn't, like you said, doesn't mean that we're not going to have conflict. It just means do we have enough respect for yeah. one another that we're going to try to navigate the conflict in a way where we both feel like we're working towards getting each other's needs met, you know? Like, are we, right. are we, exactly. are we still committed to listening to each other? Are we still committed to expressing how we feel about a certain situation? That is what adds up to us keeping the good thing going. Um, but you saying, yep, yep, don't have any scary fights with me. Uh, don't have an opinion that's different from mine in the next three weeks. Otherwise, I'm going to say no. That feels very, um, like, baity. Yeah. I better word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the only thing that, like, and out of that entire, like, episode with this couple that I was like, ooh, okay, yeah. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. But that's it. Okay. Ding. Ding. So we want to talk about Katina and Olajuwon and their fallout from. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> their fallout from the dinner party. So the last that we saw of them from the previous episode, which was two weeks ago, was that Olajuwon was upset about Katina have a dating app. She was trying to defend herself to say like, I don't even use it. I have tons of apps that I don't use. And he was like, Nah you don't like you have it that means that you're not trustworthy we see both of them like katina reaches out to jasmina and mike for support um then mike goes to olajuwon and uh has a chat with him to sort of get his feelings and offer him support which by the way in that conversation my man olajuwon was ripped did you notice that yeah <laughs> No. He that man was stoned off of his ass, girl. Oh, yeah, and I could tell because his. I didn't notice at all. You got to go back and watch at some point tonight because his. Oh my god, so, that's so. And like, funny. I get it clearly. Like, I have a feeling that that's how he. Like, we'll post it to the gram. Yeah. We'll make a meme. I have a feeling that that's how he copes, and it's like no judgment. Like, we all smoke weed; it's fine. But what I will say is that yeah. is that he. <laughs> I, I already know what happens. Listen, stoner brain to stoner brain. I understand what happened. He had this, he had this fight. 
he had this fight and then like they blew up he Olajuwon blows up when he's upset and he feels wronged and he's very passionate and he's very emotional and I think and I'm making big generalizations here but I really I feel like I figured out why he rarely why he rarely like (laughs) learns how to cope differently because he is so used to exploding and then self-soothing via marijuana like I think that that's how he comes Mm -hmm. down but he doesn't ever actually like change his demeanor his behavior so that he doesn't have to come down from such a big eruption yeah anyway (laughs) weed does not equate to emotional regulation yes yes thank you I totally agree Weed with that. Weed is not soothing your nervous system. Right. Weed's great. I'm all for it. Yeah. It should be legalized in all the states. Yeah. Alex for president. Yeah, exactly. However, <laughs> <laughs> it is not a way to soothe your nervous system and come back to a logical place where you can communicate effectively. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. I think like for a Lajuan, it, yeah. it really just seemed like I like I I got to take the edge off. It's self-medication and it's like the same way that people tend to use alcohol yeah. where it's like, "Whoa, I need a drink." And it's like, right. "Okay, so you're yeah. self-medicating, you're not really you're not really dealing." And like Lajuan was very much still in his feelings, which he has every right to be in his feelings about his position, Katina was as well. Um, but I just didn't feel that he was reflecting. Uh and also it didn't seem like he was super available emotionally and mentally available to actually be processing. And that's why I sort of cued and that keyed into that issue, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cannabis will actually screw up your ability to regulate. Um, I was, I was just in my, in the trauma program that I'm in, we were just talking about cannabis use and how it kind of can screw with our ability to do that, which, uh, okay, hello. It's just, it's a stimulant of some kind, you know, it's not necessarily the same as alcohol, but it's like, and, or other, you know, insert name of drug here. Um, but we do, we need to be mindful of when we are in those spaces, like my car getting broken into last night, the second, because then I had to wait, it took about two hours from me discovering my window to me actually getting in my car and leaving because we had to vacuum and there was a bunch of stuff that happened. And everyone was like, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. And I was like, no, Mm. like now is not the time to be reaching for that. And I just sat there with all of the like thoughts and like I breathed and like I said, I got a hug. Hug is Mm co-regulating people. So like, that's what you want to reach for in those moments or like breathing. If there's someone around that can like help you self-soothe, ask them for the hug, for the rubbing of the back, like whatever works for you, you know? But like for me, I knew that if I reached for alcohol or any kind of substance in that moment, it was going to short circuit my ability to fully process, which now that we're talking about it, that's probably why I am in a a chipper mood today Mm. is because I gave myself that time immediately last night. That's a really good point. So a really good point. Just wanted to tie that in because I felt like it's really We were going there all based off of my anyway. assumptions, which could be wrong. Um, <laughs> okay, we got to... <laughs> Why else would he have bloodshot eyes? Uh, girl, I could see just by the heaviness of his lids. They were like... <laughs> and, and like the way that he was talking, I was like, ah, oh, this is all too familiar. All too familiar. And also he was making crazy, crazy generalizations where the way that he was talking about like... 
the reasons why he felt so justified in his, like, I think that this is weird right. that she had, uh, she had dating apps is because he, so he goes into his, like, I made lots of changes to get prepared for this. I did this. I did that. I'm taking it seriously. That actually told me when I heard that, that Olajuwon doesn't believe Katina's non-use of this app no. because it would never be him. He cannot yep. be trusted with stuff like that. And so he yep. immediately... He says that. Right. So he puts that on her. He projects. And exactly. So that's an example of projection. So he's like, you have a dating app. You must behave the way that I do. And so if, if I could do it, you're doing it. And I'm not even... I'm not even hearing you talk about your individual relationship with dating apps or whatever collection of apps you have on your phone because I am only seeing a projection of myself onto you. And that makes me scared because I know what mm -hmm. I'm capable of. Yeah. I am glad you brought that up because that was something I put in my notes that I really wanted us to touch mm -hmm. on is like textbook projection. And so we covered it. <laughs> Snaps for us. But yeah, it it's... That conversation was so illuminating to me. Um, and I, you know, I am glad that because eventually what we see is they do on their little camcorder thing, Katina and O get back together and they say that they took ownership of their part and they both apologize to each other and that, you know, they're going to move forward and things are going to be good. Um, but I'm really, really sad because when you and I were chatting on this last time and I was like, you know, he's really crossing a line here with how he's talking to her. And I was like dying for an expert to come in and be like, this isn't okay. You, no matter who you're with, whoever, whenever, you do not talk to people this way. Um, and that didn't happen yet. I'm wondering if it happens in the next episode because of the preview we got. But um, that's what is that's what's hard for me right now is like I get that O and Katina came back together and they were like, you know, I apologize. And like O's like, you know, I need to work on my tone. But it's like that's such a vague. Tell me more about that, Alain When you say I need to work on my tone, what does that mean to you? OK, I need to work on not screaming at my wife. I need to work on when I feel this way. I need to take a second, a timeout. I need to calm down. I need to not knife hand her and get all up in her face. You know, when she starts to cry, maybe that should be a cue for me to back up. Like it was just like it's anyone can sit there and be like, yeah, I need to work mm -hmm. on my tone. Mm -hmm. what does that mean like can we get specific about what that looks like because and the reason I crave that so much from Alain specifically is I don't know if he knows right that's what I'm Agreed. saying it's one of those where it seems like he's saying what he knows that he needs to do just to get by and to buy his time to not be doing the thing that he needs to do like he doesn't, if, if right. we believe that he doesn't actually know what it means or what it would take to actually change his tone, then he's only going to gain the trust of the people who are asking that of him by saying, I know I need to work on my tone. I know I need to work on my tone. We come away from a fight. I know I need to work on my tone. I'm working on my tone. And like, I just like, I really... I don't want to overassume anything, but I really feel for Katina being in this dynamic because yeah. I only continue to see her concede and try to be try 
try I to know. put herself in a position in which she's sharing with Olajuwon, like, I understand where he's coming from, and I apologize then, and I'm going to apologize now, gave me very, like, person being held hostage in front of camera um, vibes, yeah. even though I, I, I don't want to assume that she's, like, actually in a position like that. It just felt gross. It just felt gross. That's all. It did. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and yeah, I just, let's get specific. And I say that because like me too, Mm y'all, like one of my Alex's weaknesses in my own relationship has been that is, has been having to work on my tone because I, when I try and communicate directly, I can come across as condescending. That's never my Mm -hmm. intention. I'm just trying to keep track of my thoughts. And so I kind of speak in this very like monotone robotic, like, and that's something I've had to get really clear on for me Mm -hmm. and like I need that I need to define Mm -hmm. that because then it gives me an understanding of actionable steps like okay don't position your hands this way okay you know volume's not a thing for me but it's like I need more inflection in my voice you know so Mm -hmm. I'm just full transparency like I get it Alonjuan it is a thing that but that's why I'm like we need to define it like what does that mean for you and Katina I need the experts Um, to step in and help everyone now for real. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's painful it's to like, watch for everyone. Shit's getting real. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Katina has her friend who, by the way, I loved her mm-hmm. friend's hoodie. It had like a bunch of spacey stuff on it. And I was like, Oh my God. I liked so her cool. friend. She was, she was um, sweet. But what I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny. They have like a really cute relationship. I like them a lot. Um, but, you know, Katina acknowledges that Alonjuan needs time to work on that. And so Katina's like, I need to decide if I have the patience to wait for him to get there. And I literally put clap emoji, fire, gold in all caps, because that that is it. Mm-hmm. That that's gold. Like that truly is gold is like we need to understand that again, partnerships require influence, you know, being open to influence from our partners and like stepping into new ways of being because not everyone's going to communicate the exact same or our triggers are going to be different from relationship to relationship, but they're still going to be there. So it's like, what really needs to come down to it is do we have the patience Mm. to wait? Do we love this person and buy into this relationship enough to hold out for their progress? Do I value them and value us as a team enough to hang in there for the end goal? And, you know, I think obviously that's a question that only people can answer in their own relationship. But two, the other thing I would say is if you do decide to stay, you need to look for the actionable steps that they're taking to do Mm -hmm. that. Right. Because promising it isn't enough. That reminds me of this uh, quote that I'm going to paraphrase from. This woman I follow on on like Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Her name is like her name on her Instagram handle is Hello Teffy, um, and she talks about like she says I can't I can't love you for the promise of who you're going to be for tomorrow. I need to love you for the person that you are today, right. and that speaks right to me because it it sort of explains that it's like. I can hear the ways in which you genuinely or inauthentically are promising me about the changes you're going to make for yourself in our relationship in the future. But if I'm not, I, I'm only going to be able to meet the person that you are today and when tomorrow comes tomorrow, right. you know? So 
she right. yeah I, I I liked I appreciated that as well I like that she was sort of reflecting on the fact that she has her own level of choice here and I yes. needed her to recognize that it's not yes. just her making improvements making improvements in her relationship to hopefully be chosen I know mm. yeah Ah, that relates. <laughs> remember when also, sorry I was just gonna say do you remember when Olajuwon at, at their wedding said to her mom he called her Katrina <laughs> oh yeah oh my god I can't not anyway, okay not so okay. Right, what were you gonna say um <laughs> I was just going to say, then Katino goes on to make a bomb-ass taco night. Those tacos looked Hmm. so good. They had these tequila beverage. I guess they made Marg's, but they were just talking about tequila. It was green. Probably wasn't Marg. Um, But, like, it, oh, my God. And rice and beans. And I love rice and beans. Girl, love language. Rice and beans. Anyway, look at her looking to cook. That's the thing, though. She didn't know how to cook, and now she's making this spread that me, Mexican food snob, I'm, like, drooling. Like, can I come to your yeah. taco night, Katina? Damn, yeah, she's girl. holding down like, taco night. Snaps for Katina stepping into that into that role. Get it. Yeah. Very cool. MVP. MVP. She gets MVP. She gets MVP probably for this, the whole series so far, because I don't know anyone who's worked harder than Katina. Yeah. She is doing it. Hard. She is growing. Okay. Girl. You got more? All right. Ding. Ding. Um, no. Okay. Let's talk about Stephen Noy. Ooh. You know okay. what I'm noticing? Resentment yep. is building. And we yep. said that shit was going to happen. Because they aren't exactly about the one thing they need to talk about. Finances, baby, which is uncomfortable and it's icky and it sucks until you're having the conversation and you're like, okay, this is fine. And absolutely everything that we needed. Something that is coming up, because we still don't like, I don't know if there are conversations that they're having about finances that we are not getting airtime with, but I gotta say, like, they're, they're just straight up not talking about it. Because the thing that keeps coming up is Noy is, is mentioning that Steve wants, Steve will tell her what his plans are once he has an idea of what their shared family plans are. And then we see Steve having a conversation with Mark privately where he's saying, I want to know like what our goals are going to be. And then, like, I can make choices. Like, I didn't understand this. And I just was like, yo, why are you gatekeeping your own plans from her? Why are you doing that? Okay. So here's my interpretation of it. I feel, so Steve articulates to Mark, like, I'm contributing three to four times as much, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, okay, that's actually super fascinating if you are contributing that much more than her. And he's like, I have a decent amount of savings built up. Like, I'm good. Like, you can tell Steve is super confident there. Um, Noi, this whole time, she's been harping on, like, I want you to get a job. Um, And Steve keeps alluding to, like, this creative aspect like i'm full-on just assuming he means he wants to build his own business in some way shape or form he just doesn't know what that looks like and so he's taking the time and the finances that he set aside to like have that period to figure out what he can create what i am hearing or what i think i'm hearing is steve wants to know where do you want to settle down do you want to settle down in boston i hear that you want three kids what are your expectations of our finances? In my mind, I think that's what Steve is looking for. 
he's like, I want to have a plan of like what your expectation and you, what you've envisioned your life to mm. look like before I commit to a nine to five. And then we hear Noi talking to Sriracha mm-hmm. and um, she tells her, Noi tells her that, um, you know, he says, I won't talk to him about these things. And I believe that. Yeah. I believe that Noi won't have, after what I've seen on the camcorder where they're like, we're getting that awkward look into their living room, which was another heated discussion that came mm-hmm. up, um, for them in this, com- in this episode, um, she does kind of shut down. She doesn't, and then she'll she'll try and avoid the conversation. So I feel that that actually may be happening when it comes to this finance thing. Because she, she even said that to Sriracha. She was like, I don't, what do you mean you need a plan from me? What do you mean? Like, it's a job. Go get a part-time right. job. Like, what, what do you want me to do for you? And so that's where I think they're kind of missing the boat is like, Steve wants an understanding of what things look like long-term for Noi and what her expectations are. Noi is looking at this purely from just like get a W two job, yeah. and that's why they're missing each they're, other they're so much. So miscommunicating, like they do. They need to just, we've said it in the past, put their dicks on the table. Put your dick on the table. I think For that Noi is trying to as For she's real. mentioned in the past, she's trying to protect herself from saying something that is likely very unkind. Um, and like a, an emotional reaction of how she's feeling in the moment. But she really just needs to like say what she's afraid of. She needs to say what she's afraid of. Yeah. And Steve needs to say what he needs. And and they need to sort of, they're, they're going to continue to miscommunicate, which is okay to start. Like I think with, when we, as couples, when we're like trying to approach these historically difficult conversations um, within our relationships, we think that, okay, we should just be able to have the conversation and then we'll just be able to see eye to eye and figure it out. But what you don't really recognize is that you have to sort of continue to miscommunicate and then keep trying to rephrase things a little bit differently or explain a little bit more about where you're coming from and hear where they're coming from. And then you eventually sort of untangle it all and then you really meet in the middle. But in order to do that, you need to make sure that you are emotionally yeah. regulated throughout the conversation and st- and constantly checking yourself that you're in an active listening mode instead of getting defensive because otherwise you're going to shut off your hearing yes. but like you will like does that make sense like you're going to you're going to say the thing that doesn't yeah. make sense to the other person you- until you start getting there practice what you're what Bree is trying to articulate here is practice yeah. communication takes practice you don't go you don't decide like okay I'm going to use ballet just because like obviously that's something you and I can relate to but like any this this can apply mm-hmm. to anything you don't go to a ballet class one time and say like I need to be a ballerina when I walk out of here hell no you're gonna look like yeah. crap you're gonna fall you might roll your ankle a few times and guess what? You keep showing up and eventually you'll get the triple pirouette and land the jump. Like, you know, that's what mm-hmm. happens. So it's the same with this. It's the same with all relationship skills. It's the same with setting yeah. boundaries, guys. Like the first time you go to do it, it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're not going to know what to say. You might, you know, violate your own boundary mm-hmm. in the end. But the more you keep going, fail forward. Yeah. Bri and I say that to each other oh, all the time. Yep. Fail forward, right? You don't learn how to communicate by not communicating. Right, right, exactly, exactly. 
Um, and so they're they're doing a lot of that, and it's it's such a shame to watch because they really do have the makings of what uh, would be a really successful couple. They've been of the stronger yep. couples, uh, i.e., the only strong couple for a majority of this process, and a while. and now Noi is starting to pull back. You can tell that because she's not feeling financially safe with Steve, she's starting to push herself out, which is why we get the conversation that we are sort of uncovering, which is that Noi is, she's not interested in moving in with Steve after the show's over. After they wrap, she wants to go move into her own apartment and he moves in his and he's trying to understand why she feels that way. He's like, wait a minute, you want to like date after? Like we're married. Like we part of the, this, the deal with the show is that we move in together and then we like continue life together. And she's like, I'm not feeling comfortable. And he's like, you're not feeling comfortable living together? And she's like, no. But they're not, she's not talking about what, what makes her feel so uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. She just keeps saying, I don't know. I just don't feel Which, comfortable. I don't know. Uh... This was very similar to what we saw with Jasmina when she was like, it's just a conversation. Right. It's like, we can't, we can't be like that, guys. Like, your partner can't read your yeah. mind we need to be able to express and explain why we're feeling uncomfortable, what a conversation sounds and looks like to us. Like define, define, define. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Clarify it all. I want to just touch on just quickly a little bit about like what did the reason why Alex and I are like, they're building resentment, the way in which we're seeing them build resentment towards each other as they continue to not have this conversation that they desperately been needing to have is so Noi is working all day and clearly she has feelings about the Mm -hmm. fact that she works and Steve doesn't work so she's making Mm -hmm. little jokes with the video camera and she sees that like Sushi her dog and Steve are sleeping in the middle of the day and she's like poking fun and then Steve starts talking more about how he takes care of Sushi her dog a lot throughout you know most of the day and he picks up after after sushi and um takes him out on walks and then they get to this place where they're talking about uh cleanup responsibilities in the house like they they need to clean the bathrooms and noi really doesn't want to clean the bathrooms and like girl i hear you i get it i don't want to clean bathrooms either but like alas we need clean places sanitary places to shit and brush our teeth like we ha- that, that space has to be yep. bacteria free as much as we can. So <laughs> it's got to get clean. Yeah. And Steve's like, I need you to split these responsibilities for me with me. He's like, this isn't equitable. And she's, which she's not actually verbalizing, but what she's, she's alluding to is how is that equitable when I work a job all day? Like I'm working all day, you should be doing it. And then it just starts to get like more passive aggressive more nasty passive. between the two of them. Steve's Steve's like sort of getting on the passive aggressive nasty train too. But what what she's not saying is she's like yeah. this doesn't feel equitable if I'm working and you're not working. Why wouldn't you clean all of these things because this seems to be your only job and he's like yeah. this can't be my own. I just like I need them to fucking talk about it. Jesus H. I know. <laughs> I know. And then she was all like, well, I think you should do both, like clean the toilets and take care of sushi. And he, and then he was like, 
I think he said some. Steve's passive aggressive comment was like, "I'll do this, you do that. Good, nice doing business right. with you." And then she was like, "You can kiss my yeah. ass, ha 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 yeah. ha And it's like they're laughing about it, but they're not laughing about no, it. They're not like, having fun. This isn't banter. This is like this is no. them airing their no. frustrations without actually talking about anything. And that is the resentment that we're talking about. And I think that a lot of people probably yeah. can relate to that experience and if you're wondering what the fuck that weird moment is that's what it is it's you not having these if it's you not clearing the air with your partner and saying what the fuck you both need to say yep yeah and like again on both ends they just sit down and talk sit down and talk yep. that's the steven noy jingle sit down and talk sit down and talk <laughs> mark and Lindsay. Okay, mark and Lindsay. So, so something, uh, they start off really strong in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, they I'm do. not convinced. Um, no, they, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I was loving where they were going and then we'll sort of talk about what they yeah. led into. But, um, Mark takes it on upon himself to grab a big whiteboard and make a schedule for him and Lindsay. Their schedules are sort of all over the place. Uh, they sort of seem like to be like passing ships. Um, and he's like, I want us to map out like what what our food schedule is going to look like. So that's easier for both of us. And I want us to like map out like things that we're going to do together during the week. And he's actively like inviting her to sort of chime in about like, uh, like, do we want to watch a show one night a week? Do we want to like have a movie night? Do we want to do a thing? And like, She's loving that, and I loved seeing that. I thought that that was such a beautiful mm -hmm. um, way to, like, incorporate each other in in one another's lives. Um, and all seemed fine and good. They go uh, grocery shopping, but we do see, like, some uh, pet peeves arise. I, I'll be honest. I think my pet peeve is the fact that Mark is such a picky eater regarding, like, fruits and vegetables, where he's like, in this interview, he's, like, t giving giving Lindsay shit for, like, not adhering to a budget. But, like, my dude, if you actually were inclined to try to eat healthier foods, you'd be way under budget. Because eating vegetables and fruit, like, that'll save you a shit ton of money, if I'm honest. Less expensive than bacon. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Was... He was all about the bacon. Bacon's more expensive <laughs> than a lot of Lindsay, produce. Lindsay called him a chicken finger man, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Big, big guy, little kid palette. <laughs> yeah. Um, what bothers me about that and Mark, and we end up seeing it again, um, is he shuts her down so much. And so Gottman Institute, if, if you've heard me go off about them, I love them. They're an amazing couple who has researched, you know, relationships and what makes them work or not work. And what Gottman Institute calls these micro moments um, of trying to connect with our partner is bids for connection. Mm -hmm. And so um, Lindsay all the time, like she tries to bring him into her mm -hmm. world. Like, oh, there's this new kind of watermelon. I haven't tried it yet. Do you want to yeah. try it? And he's like, no. Yeah. She's trying to connect yep. with him about this new fruit she's never experienced. Do you want to smell it? Do you want to yeah. hold it? And he's just like, yeah. no. No. And she's like, this is perfect for ripeness. And like, nope, can't be bothered to like be open to hearing her mm -hmm. out and just enjoying mm -hmm. this experience with her. And then it happens again 
right before their big fight over the shark photo shoot thing. Um, and I'll save that for when we get there. But you kind of like that's so disheartening as a partner when your person is you're trying to connect with them and they just keep shutting you down, keep shutting yeah. you down, keep shutting you down. It's so insanely painful. And so when Lindsay gets emotional, I freaking understand yeah. why. Her partner is like, you connect with me on my terms is what it feels right. like. And I don't think Mark does that in, in maliciously. I just don't think he doesn't know what Agreed. He know. And I think that Lindsay sort of points out a little bit of what probably leads Mark to behave in this way. She's like, he is a stubborn little boy grown up. Like she, she, she blames it on him being an only child, which I don't think is totally fair. Not to say that that pattern doesn't sometimes exist, but there are plenty of only children who are not this stubborn and not this like fixated on their own personal like ways of living. But she's like, you know, he's got, he's got, you know, only child stubbornness and he just likes what he likes and he's not interested in compromising. And I do see that in him. Like I see what she's talking about. Like the way that he was shutting her down, as you described, was really frustrating because it was honestly like bringing a little kid around a grocery store. Yeah. 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 It's the two-year-old in the cart where mom's like, do you want to have these? And they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the vibe it felt like. Um, And it's just like, no one wants to be told no. Like Mark would be, that would really hurt Mark if the roles were reversed. If he was like, Linz, you want to do this? And she's like, no, no, no. He would be offended too. Like that's just not good juju. Exactly. Um, Then there, there comes to be a moment where Mark must have, this is what he did. They have separate laundry baskets and they do this because Lindsay's nervous about Mark fucking up her clothes, i.e. putting shit in the dryer that shouldn't be dried, which like, oh my God, uh, I think a lot of women can relate to this. I, I, anytime I have spent time in my parents' house, I'm like, don't fucking touch my laundry. You're going to ruin my shit. My parents have this fight all the time. Because if you dry a lot of our clothes, because we buy a lot of fast fashion, because, oh my God, I don't, I, you know what? Let me not get into my capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Let me not get into my capitalism rabbit hole. But what I will say is, is that a lot of our clothes are not designed to be dried in a dryer and men don't have the same issue uh, generally. So they think that they're helping, which I appreciate them thinking that they're helping. I think a lot of us lose sight on the fact that they're trying to help, um, and they ruin our clothes and we get so mad and she got so mad and she lost her top. And I think that I could see, we didn't see all of the buildup that led to this moment, but I think that like all of the frustrations that Lindsay's probably getting from like the fact that Mark is a little bit hard to live with and cohabit with blew up into this like, you fuck up everything and why can't you just do what you say you're going to do? I do what I'm going to, what I say I'm going to do. And I understood where she was coming from. And I also think that when you come at someone like this at that level, there's no way that they're going to hear you. They're just going to get defensive. No. Yeah, it's not helpful. So she was really angry because she felt she had communicated it. She said four times, like I put that in my notes. And Mark said, you know, I did it. It was a mistake. And, you know... 
that happens. Yeah. That happens a lot. Where like we will communicate, we will say something, and our partner, because of their own shit, their own stress, what's going on in their life, they might acknowledge you, but they aren't actually hearing you. I'm not justifying it. Of course, we want that to happen as little as possible, but it happens. And does it mean that your partner maliciously messed up your laundry? No. Does it mean that that's a reflection of their feelings for you? No. Um, So that, and I get that it's painful and it sucks, especially when you lose an item of clothing that you really love. Um, But we need to, we need to understand that people are people and so I feel like what would have been great is if Mark was like I'll replace that shirt for you I'm I'm so sorry you know um and like moving forward what what are we gonna do to make sure the laundry we don't do this again to each other um you know but it didn't go that way it was a shouting match yeah it was bad well I'm sure that he probably felt like he was being scolded like a little child which is sort of the position that Lindsay gets into when when she feels the way that she feels yeah she gets really contemptuous Mm -hmm. yeah okay so what happens tell us what happens at the end the shoot so my so what ends up happening is Lindsay is of the mindset for this evening after the fight they had about the laundry that she is going to dress all of their five cats in little shark costumes because Mark's nickname is Mark the Shark and they're going to do a little family photo shoot. Cute. Mm -hmm. Mark comes home after um, he chats with his friend Erica where Erica was like, you know, you both really just need to be better at communicating, um, you know, and that you guys need to not hold grudges and things like that. So Mark comes home and starts having the conversation with Lindsay as Lindsay's eating dinner. And Lindsay starts, again, the bids for connection. She's like, do you want to have a bite of this? Do you want to try it? And he's like, no, no, that's your food. I'm going to have my own. And she's like, I think you'd really like this. Like, just, okay, just try the sauce. And he's like, no. And she's like, just a little bit, like, just put your pinky in it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to like it. And she's like, but how do you know you're not going to like it? She's like, because I don't like it. And she's like, well, what's in the sauce? And he's like, I just don't want it. I said no. And then, like, she ends up, like, getting a, I don't know, a vet. She ends up forcing him to, like, eat something. So, again, he just keeps constantly shutting her down. Yeah. And, you know, she had already seen the cats in the shark costumes when he had gotten home. And he sits down next to her, starts to feed himself after that awkward interaction, <laughs> and starts to bring up the conversation with Erica. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, things have been really hard. And Lindsay immediately is like, well, I know, like, I've been here too. And he's like, can I finish? Um, And he goes on to, like, say this stuff. Lindsay is, like, not about hearing it. Um, And she gets up and decides to leave and not participate in the photo shoot. And it's really awkward because then Mark's just doing it alone and then she comes back and then they end up trying to like just have an awkward photo shoot together and mm. um, it was bad. It was really mm. bad. Um, my opinion on how this could have been avoided because Mark goes off in his conversation with her to, to basically say like every day is different. This is such a roller coaster and when we need to understand we need to ask for consent to have these convos we really Mm. do we can't just come home from being apart all day and have the expectation like i want to have a talk so you need to be ready to have this talk it literally needs to say like 
oh, hey, I, you know, we're having dinner. Like, is, is now a good time to, like, bring something up or we can, like, have a conversation later? Like, what works for you? And she's like, she probably would have been like, yeah, the photographer's on their way because she just wanted to have a good evening. Yeah. And he didn't, like, allow for her to say, like, well, this is where I'm at. Because guaranteed, if if he had done that, they would have just had their good evening, yeah. you know? Um, and so I feel that asking for consent would have really helped. And then the other thing is, is, like, I really feel they need to paraphrase what each other is trying to communicate to make sure that they're actually hearing right. each other. They never do right. that. And what you mean by that is like, like, yeah. let's say you and I are having a conflict and I'm like, hey, Alex, like I, you know, I, I'm really upset because you ruined my clothes and you're like, okay, so you're not upset that I ruined okay. your, like I did your laundry. You're upset that I didn't do it properly. Is that right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so I feel that that would be um, really good for them because and I also feel that Mark should validate Lindsay more. That's the Which, other thing is like, I think that would really and help And she's her. expressed that that's something that she responds really well to. A number of times she said that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are my three tips for this couple on like what they what they should do. Um, if, if they're going to fix this communication breakdown that happens all the time. Because it's like, I don't feel either of them feel heard. And so that will that's where the paraphrasing will help. They need to validate each other more. Mark specifically should validate Lynn's more because I do feel like Lindsay is like good about being like, okay, I hear that you're upset about this. I do feel like she has that communication tactic just a little bit more fine-tuned than Mark. Um, And the other thing is just asking for consent because it's like if you come home and she's like, hey, I have this plan for this cat photo shoot and you're like, well, let's have this hard combo real quick before the photographer gets there, that's no bueno. That ain't going to be productive in a short amount of time. Yeah. And like Lindsay was not in that headspace. Totally. You know, so, what? I act, I really yeah. agree with you on that. Like I, I, I agree. Consent is important to be like, hey, there's something that I really want to talk about. Like, are you, are you ready to talk about something that's difficult or serious? And that's really important. I will say that in this experience, what also feels difficult is that Lindsay had this like agenda that like they were going to have this like fun photo shoot thing, but also like maybe Mark wasn't feeling doing that. True. So she's like, no, it's time for us to have fun right now. And it's like, oh, maybe he wasn't in the headspace to like get in front of a camera and like do cheesy smiles. I don't know. I think that I'm just, I think I'm putting myself in his position. I think that I would have been like, like, that's the last thing I want to do right now is do this with you. I wish that you asked me. Yeah. Yes. Consent. Consent. Yeah, for both of them. Um, Okay. Shall we, red flag, green flag? Yes. Boom, boom. (laughs) Ooh, red flag. That's my flag. Someday we're going to have a sound engineer make really cool Yeah, it would be really us. great. Vroom, vroom. And it's all going to come from our original <laughs> sound effects that we were making with our mouths for however that long we, we were up. doing this until we got enough money for a sound engineer. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Red flag. Okay. My red flag, which we actually, I forgot to touch on, is Noi posting on social oh. media about conflict oh my God, yes. w- within Girl. her relationship. So 
just briefly, Noi ends up taking to, I imagine it's Instagram. They probably don't say it because they're not being paid to advertise for Instagram. But she like shares a story with a quote that says, the minute you start to question if you deserve better, you do. So noise in her feelings. She's posting on social media. And I'm going to be honest, I really don't like that shit. Like I feel the same way that Steve does, Me which either. is just confused. And it's like, and then he he's talking to his sister and he's like, she did this. And then I checked in with her. And I'm like, hey, I saw your post. But like, is that about me? Can we talk about it? And she denies that it's about him. But like, girl, that's bullshit. What is it about then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really didn't like that. And I'll be honest, like maybe it's just my personal preference to like privacy. But I... Okay, we're all, like, naturally curious. Like, what's going on? Are they breaking up? Are they together? Like, what's happening? But for so- for yeah. someone to, like, yeah. give me a total outsider of your relationship, whether I'm a stranger or not, inside information that's, like, sort of a vulnerable moment, a, a, a vulnerable checkpoint that says, like, that's enough information for me to be, like, mm, Noi and her man are not good, and I can tell. You know, like, ew, I don't have any right I don't have any right. That's giving yeah. me as someone who is not in a relationship and probably not your close friend too much power, too much information. Yeah. Anyway, big red flag for me. Yeah. I, I would break yeah. up with someone. That would be a deal breaker for me with a, if I, someone I was dating started posting about Same. us. Yeah, especially if you won't talk to me about it. Because, like, that's the other half here. Is like, noise not actively, like, let's talk. Like, let's sit down no. and do this, you know? It's just, like, this passive-aggressive thing. Yeah. Um, that she then lies about, which, you know, Steve brought that up with her sister. His sister, and sh- his sister was like, well, if she told you that, then you kind of need to take her at, his, at her word. And I'm like, but does he? Because, like, I mean, I get what she's yeah, saying. Yeah, I got that, too. I do agree with that. Because it's like, at this point, you just need to drop yeah. it. But it's like, what else is it about? Right. You know, like there's no reason to fight about it. You can just be like, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just like, um, okay. My red flag is um, for, I want to say it's applicable to all the couples, but the specific moment that we talk about it today is with O and not um, getting really clear on exactly what actionable steps he needs to take to fix his part. Yep. Um, you know, where, yeah, it's like, if I understand the fixing your tone, what does that mean? That's what I'm lip looking service. for. It's lip service. service. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. If, if you yeah, have a, if you have feels. a partner that is reminding you again and again, that they know that what they need to work on that you've asked or it's their own idea, but you're never really seeing it. Yeah. It's, it's not happening. So green flags. Yeah. Green What's flags. Yours? Um, mm, it's going to be something with Michael and Jasmina. So let me just like Search. decide on that real quick. Wait for it. Um, I loved. I loved that Mike was able to communicate in a healthy way about his needs on driving Mm. like I can't do it all like I can't take you to work I can't take you you know and do all the errands so I'm gonna help you prep for your permit test and learn how to drive so we can solve this together right I'm really proud of that because he 
basically took all of that on. And obviously he knows Jasmina. There must have been a conversation we didn't get on Mm -hmm. camera that alluded to her, like, saying she would be open in that. Because that's healthy conflict resolution right there. It's like, he's expressing a need. She, you know, is willing to step up to the plate and get her license to, like, help him with that. So he's not the one, like, schlepping her around Mm -hmm. to and fro and doing the groceries and running errands. And picking up the dog. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, so I'm really proud of that. Good job, Michael, for demonstrating that to everyone. I love that. It's interesting that when you're saying that, I'm, re- I'm recognizing the parallels between what Stephen Noy's like general relationship conflict t- seems to be about, and the way in which like it's pretty similar <laughs> mm-hmm. to what Michael was saying. And and again, we didn't get to see Michael and Jasmina talking about the what they feel is like an, an inequitable balance of responsibility taking, but uh, Steve and I could really take a page out of Michael and Jasmina's book on this. So, Totes, my, my green flag is, um, it's actually with Mark earlier in the episode um, when he like pulled nice. out that whiteboard and he, and he like brought... Yeah. yeah, I really like that. I, I thought that that was a good a good use of a tool to help get a couple stuck out of a rut when it comes to routines, day to day living, cohabiting, functioning. But what they didn't end up doing, which was Lindsay's main complaint, was not following through. So it's all lovely and beautiful bunches of roses if you and your partner are. Um, talking mm-hmm. about how to get on the same page and make a schedule that works for each other. What a great bonding experience. It's really a good way to get on the same page. But the two of you do have to commit to working through it um, and following through with that promise. If you are finding it difficult and, and you're one or both of you in the relationship are not keeping up with the schedule, you need to facilitate some check-ins where we're just like, what's going on? Where are we running into issues? Like, can we identify what the problem is here? And then you'll be able to work it out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And guys, super exciting. We have such a good listener cue. I'm waiting for my Google Doc Mm -hmm. to respond to my computer. Yeah, a really good one. (laughs) Do you want to take it away? This week. I'm so excited about it. All right. So... I am a 28-year-old female who is beginning a new relationship um, who's with a 25-year-old female. Um, It's her first relationship with a woman, and it's her partner's first relationship in general. Mm. As they become more serious, they're trying to, or she's been trying to encourage transparency about how we're feeling, keeping the lines of communication open, and navigate this new relationship. Um, the person writing into us says they tend to be more emotive and sensitive, more extroverted as a partner. Um, so she's finding it really easy to identify and name Mm. feelings and concerns and sharing them. Whereas she feels her partner is more comfortable sharing, um, as well. Sorry, I'm reading this as we're, (laughs) as I'm talking out loud. Um, and she tries to support her partner as she learns to ask for what she needs and wants in a relationship. So her question for us is, do you have any tips for encouraging your shy partner to open mm. up? Boom. Yeah. I think that that's a really tricky, tricky situation to be in. Um, there's, there's plenty of room for the two of you to like figure out what works for you and to like have really wonderful explorative communication patterns in the future, but I'm just recognizing that it's a 
tough spot to start in. Um, I think as the person who is more communicative and has more access to those feeling words, uh, you just want to, you want to try to assess and meet your partner where they're at, um, and take things slow because what you want to avoid is doing what a lot of our couples in this show do, which is like finding yourself in either assuming that they should just be able to communicate the way that you do because it's quote not that hard or being pretentious as like fuck and saying like like and like treating them like a baby like this is how you have a conversation like you don't want to do those things I would just say like be really patient meet your partner where she's at and like when you have when you find yourself trying to communicate um and you're stumbling a little bit when you are able to take a little bit of space from that conflict, whether you felt like it went rocky or not, I would come back to it and just be like, let's just check in about what that was like for both of us and see if that gives a more neutral space for one or both of you to be like, when you said this, that made me feel like that. And it just adds to that practice. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first and foremost thing to, um, I think is we just need to acknowledge and actually say these words. Like, I just want you to know you're safe Mm. here. Like I value transparency and I want you to know that like anything you have to say, like I care about it and I want you to feel comfortable opening up with me. So if there's anything you feel you need from me to feel safe in establishing that kind of trust and communication, let me know. And I'm all Mm. for it. I think like just acknowledging that and labeling that and using those words, because that's really what is so scary about opening up, especially in a new partnership, especially if someone's not used to opening up is they've most likely, whether it's childhood wounds or past relationship wounds, although this listener says this is her first relationship at some point, you know, they've expressed themselves and have been met with some kind of reaction where they've subconsciously learned, like, it's not safe for me to express myself. Right. So you want to create this environment of safety where they, they truly do feel comfortable articulating anything they need to articulate. So that would be one thing. Um, the other thing that I think can be helpful, and this is something that I'm going to preface by saying tread lightly with mm. this because I don't want this to come across very similar to how Brie was just saying, you know, you don't want to parent yeah. them um, or say like, this is how you do it <laughs> and come across like condescending mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but, you know, and you can blame it on us in the podcast or you can blame it on my social media, like whatever. But a tool that I give to all of my couples is a feeling wheel. Um, because it's so great at at learning how to label your emotions. And that right in and of itself is something that, um, unfortunately, not a lot of us learn how to do. Um, And so it gets really challenging in the moment sometimes to label what we are feeling um, if we haven't had practice doing that. So you're welcome to like say, you know, hey, I was, I know you and I have been working on, um, you know, communicating and being able to like uh, label how we're feeling. And, and I found this new thing called a feeling wheel. And so, you know, I screenshotted one off a Google image. Do you want me to airdrop it to you? And like, that's something we can use as a tool, you know, Um, like putting it, saying that in that kind of way where it's both of us are doing this, not like I got you a feeling wheel so you can (laughs) learn how to label right it's this team we go together um but those would be my top two tips like let her know that you want her to feel safe ask her if there's anything you can do for her to feel safe and then just like 
be a supportive partner and say like, hey, there's this resource that I heard about that's really helpful for like labeling emotions. And I know that's something we both are working yeah. on. So do you want me to share it with you? I love that. I really yeah. like what Alex said about um, like really naming and stating the safety of the environment or the situation. Because if you are someone who is used to uh, expressing yourself pretty freely, chances are you've had plenty of experiences where you've taken the quote risk of sharing what you're feeling or really being honest about your experience with other people and, and had the lived experience to know that you're safe, that you are always in control of what you right. share with other people and you get to more or less be in control over how you deal with someone's reaction to it. Um, so chances are like right. you have to consider that maybe your partner doesn't ha hasn't had the gift of that same experience. And so establishing Right. safety in in the room essentially so to speak is is a really good way to sort of set the tone for them to have what you've probably experienced and i want to say i want to say one mm. last thing because this is something i call out a lot of couples mm -hmm. on is do be very mindful that if you tell her this and you're like i you know it's okay you can trust me you're safe here that means moving forward, when she does articulate her needs, you need to be very mindful of the way you react. Mm. Because if you respond out of emotion in a negative way, you are only then reinforcing her insecurity around articulating her emotions yeah. and needs. So this is something where I have seen patterns of behavior where couples will be like, it's okay, trust me, I want to know the truth. They get the truth and then it's like, ah. and they come at them. It's like, all right, well, you just completely violated any sense of right. trust and safety in this right. relationship. So we want to be mindful of that. Um, you know, even if it's something we don't want to hear, if emotions come up for you that you feel yourself wanting to react that way, just say, okay, I hear you. I'm going to go take a quick totally. break. Like I just need a moment Absolutely. to chill. Um, and come back later. That'll save your relationship. 100%. Um, well, you sound like a tremendous partner. The fact that you even want to take this type of care and consideration to explore yeah. more about how to like make her feel safe. She's really lucky to have you. So you're great. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And thanks for yeah, writing in. Totally. We love it. All right, folks. That'll do it for this yep. week. If you like us, follow us on the gram and TikTok at Ditch the Script Pod. And if you want your question answered just like this lovely lady, visit our uh, website, ditchthescriptpod.com, and we will answer it anonymously and then shoot you an email once it's published on yep. our show. And um, please, if you are liking the show, uh, like, share, subscribe. Please write a review that really helps us get this show promoted with yep. other people that... Um, aren't you uh, we love you but we would also love yeah. to share this with more people we want more of you <laughs> exactly we yeah. want more of you so please do that all right guys love, love you bye